0: This is Jeff Morton with Returning to Eden uh, with my co-host, Dr. Dina Dye. Hi, Dana.
1: Hi, Jeff. How are you doing tonight?
0: Doing fantastic. Are
1: are you warm where you are? (laughs)
0: Uh, It's been chilly here, but not like where it is across the nation.
1: (laughs) Okay. We're actually been spared. uh, It's been in the 50s here, so... I do, my heart does go out to all those that are freezing and pipes are frozen and windows are breaking and dogs are frozen.
0: Yeah, dogs are frozen and pipes are, it's terrible. My sister told me in upstate New York it's pretty bad, but, uh, so, I mean, it's wintertime. This is the way it works. Uh, You know, global warming and wintertime are two different conversations.
1: (laughs) Another Uh, time.
0: Yeah, another time. Anyway, folks, Dean and I are going to be out of town next week, so we will not have a show uh, uh, coming up next Wednesday, and uh, we've got a lot going on, but we have a very important subject tonight, and as we were talking about this, and I'll tell a funny story, kind of sort of towards the end of the program, and I might have to leave a little bit earlier because there's a meeting I need to go to, but... uh, One of the questions I kind of realized is that in the Western theology, we're going to be talking about the Ruach or the Holy Spirit tonight. We've got a lot of information, a lot of discussion, so I want to jump right into it. In the Western theology, we tend to treat the Holy Spirit as though the Holy Spirit has always been what we think. But that's not true. The last few days I've been doing some additional research on, on some information. In addition to what Dina wrote in her book, uh, and chapter, it's called The God and His Bride in uh, the book, uh, The Temple Revealing Creation. You know, actually, in the last three days, I've been looking at a lot of information, and then when I went back and read this chapter, it brought a lot more of what you had written to life because you kind of cover the various historical variances of what the Ruach is.
1: Yeah, I tried to trace if the evolution of what yes. the Holy Spirit was. For the community of Israel and then really coming right up into the Christian age and on into about the 6th century of the common era. And so, and no question, things changed over time. And then, of course, you know, we come to the last 300 years and really the last 100 years and we have our own, we've defined the Holy Spirit in our own way. Um, I was just going to read this little bit from my book which is it's on page 156 for those of you who have the temple revealed in creation. So the ministry of the Holy Spirit is manifested through the exercise of biblical wisdom. and That's what we're going to talk about tonight. The key relationship here between the Holy Spirit and wisdom. This is absolutely essential to understand who the Spirit is. The Spirit moves in response to our obedience to the Word of God. So Clearly the spirit is tied to the word and that's no big surprise to anyone. The spirit here, this is, it's not a feeling and it's not some kind of emotional high. Now, certainly when I know I've been in situations I know you have, you, can, you have a sense that the spirit is moving. You just, or the, it's like the glory came down and pressing in you can't even move but we have to guard ourselves against interpreting everything from an emotional lens. There's a difference between emotion and the presence of God. Okay. So the spirit uh, is not a feeling or an emotional high. The spirit cannot be manipulated by wishful thinking, hoping, and dreaming. So sometimes we get into this headspace like we're sort of going to conjure up the spirit and make something happen. The Spirit is not some ethereal force leading us aimlessly without our permission. A move of the Spirit is not represented by excessive babbling, laughing hysterically, falling down on the floor, advancing revelations that violate God's natural law. And so we will talk a little bit tonight about what it means to be led by the Spirit. Listen to the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit, and to walk in the Spirit, especially to be filled with the Spirit. So any of us... I, you know I was in a charismatic Pentecostal church for a number of years, and I experienced these types of things. and it's just wild. and I've, I've seen some real abuses with it. And so when I was writing this chapter, I you know you got to go back to the beginning, like where we always end up, if we're going to have any hope of understanding who the Spirit is. And to help us understand, what what did Paul mean when he said, don't you know you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? That's kind of a big deal. So everything, to my mind, we take it back to Genesis 1, of course. And as we have been beating the drum, we're looking at the pattern of building a house, right? That's exactly what creation is, is to build a house. Now, I've talked about the tripartite structure that every temple had, the, the... Every temple was divided into three parts. So the tripart structure of the universe, if you will, was heaven, earth, and sea. Those are our three courtyards. So as the building process goes on, once it's completed, then we fill those spheres with something. So it's like you fill a house. You know, once you once you built the house, you got to move in, and then you're going to hang your pictures and put in your furniture. And even that's not enough because the people have to go in the house and live. That's key. So if we go through the creation week, uh, we see heaven, earth, and sea. Then heaven will be filled with celestial orbs and planets and things like that. The earth will be filled with fruit-bearing trees and grasses and ultimately Adam, Adam, and Eve and the sea will be filled with the fish and the sea monsters. So each one of those spheres will be filled. This is the concept of being filled with the Spirit. It is to fill a sphere, to fill a house with what? Ultimately, the presence of God. That is essentially what we're saying about the Spirit. The Spirit is the presence of God filling a house. And, of course, creation's temple at the end of seven days is filled with the presence of God. And that, I can't, I mean, that is that is just fundamental in all of this, to, to being filled with the Spirit. Now, the one place we have it mentioned in uh, the first chapter of Genesis, if you remember, that the Spirit hovered over the waters. In the story of Noah, which is also a repeat of building a house with the, with the ark, We have the spirit hovering over the land. And then we have with with Yeshua at his immersion, the spirit hovering once again, remember, appearing as a dove, alighting on his shoulder. And the idea of hovering, Rachaf, is a picture of a mother bird hovering over her nest, protecting, feeding, taking care of her chicks. And that is the picture of the temple. In fact, you can find, uh, I know Raphael Patay talks about it quite a bit in his book, The Messianic Text. There's a whole chapter on this idea of the temple being described as a bird's nest, so that the mother bird is hovering over the nest. So the concept of spirit, everybody, I many know Ruach HaKodesh is feminine. So going Uh, Jeff and I were talking before the show we don't have really much of our information comes from Second Temple period literature going forward we just really don't have a lot of information about this if we go back to the ancient Mesopotamian period you know back 5,000 years ago we don't have a lot of information coming from the cuneiform tablets etc what we have of course is that information in the Bible so, the idea of the spirit hovering over the water, so there this is giving us a, a clue into creation, and as Jeff and I were talking, you know it takes two to tango you you're not going to produce anything without a male and a female so we this is a difficult topic Um, and as as Jeff did mention I wrote about it in Chapter 5 of my book Temple Revealed in Creation and I would highly recommend getting that and reading it. It, That chapter covers just about every angle and dangle of this. And so the idea of bringing forth life you need obviously male and female to do so. So um, I'm gonna give Jeff a moment here to to talk because what I want to address in terms of the spirit is the concept of wisdom but before I get into that uh, let I'll take a breath and Jeff you can jump in here
0: well folks the last three four days when we when we were gonna discuss this conversation uh, I started doing some research on my own and I had never really done the kind of research that I was doing uh, in the last three days you know I was looking for any kind of information uh, of course the phone rings but, um i was looking for any kind of information based on various time periods ancient Near East covenant time period uh, the time of noah the time and so and i began to realize that the holy spirit isn't what we have always thought it to be in the last 300 years and it just depends on what century we're talking about because in the ancient world their concept was a little different than ours quite a bit different but also throughout the course of time it changed several times mm-hmm. to what the concept of the holy spirit was and finally one of the common things that that was fluid in all of this is wisdom yeah what whatever this thing is that we've uh i could i could get a little humorous here but i don't want to whatever it is it's fundamentally promoting wisdom. Yes, yeah. that's I, the that's ahead. the
1: key. The, the key is wisdom. So, uh, obviously, I don't have time to go through a lot of scriptures here, and I'm going to encourage you to read Proverbs because this is key. Proverbs, which in Hebrew is Mishle, means dominion or rulership. This is Proverbs was how a king ruled his house. Now. We can make practical application today for how we should govern our own homes, but this is fundamentally was given, it was the wisdom of Solomon's mother, who was, of course, Bat-Shava, which means daughter of seven. She was a shadow picture type of the Holy Spirit, the sevenfold spirit. And she poured out her wisdom to Solomon so he could rule uh, his, his kingdom. So chapter 8 in Proverbs is going to be important, chapter 9 as well. And let me just read a little bit of here. So this is about wisdom and it talks about Adonai brought me forth the first of his way. Now this is speaking of wisdom. Before his works of old, from eternity, I was appointed from the beginning, before the world began, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Now, this is all speaking of wisdom. Clearly, it's being said here that wisdom was with God before the creation of the world. So, where does she fit? And again, uh, wisdom, Chakmah, is a feminine term. It goes on that, he, you know, he not made the land, the field, the dust, all that sort of thing. Um, and when he established the skies above, when he securely fixed the fountains of the deep, and it goes on and talks about that. And then into chapter 9, it'll say, Wisdom has built her house. Now remember, the Bible is all about house building, and Genesis chapter 1 is about building, a, you know, building creation. She has built herself a house, and she has carved out her seven pillars and it goes on from there and actually all of this ties in quite well to the woman of valor in Proverbs 31 all the things that she accomplished she is the personification of wisdom and so wisdom uh, you can read in in Proverbs 318 wisdom is a tree of life so the hayin, the tree of life is the tree that was in the garden so that particular tree personified the feminine element. And so if you read in a lot of the Jewish literature, you'll find that they see wisdom as the co-creator of the universe. So the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil represented God himself, and the tree of life represented wisdom. And the tree of life was a picture of the menorah, the light shining, in, and so these are critical principles. Jeff?
0: Well, it's important, too, for the audience to understand that the, the the concept of the Ruach, or the Holy Spirit, became male predominantly with the Trinity concept that was born in Constantine's, literally in the 4th century. Yeah. But the, the whole concept of it switching from being feminine, female, Malkut, if you will, mm-hmm. all happened with the rise of the Catholicism in the Catholic Church, and, of course, Now we have Mary, in a way it's kind of a replay of what they did with the Asherah. Now we've got Mary kind of filling that role. Folks, I know you won't understand this if you don't understand what we're talking about, but we see this whole pattern of something that really wasn't the case, born all over again in the 4th century, but the Christian world turned the Ruach into a man, into a part of God, into something other than...
1: Right. Well, they didn't lose
0: the concept of wisdom, but the concept of what she had always been up until that point was now she was male.
1: Yeah, that pretty much was done, finished, seal of approval by the 6th century of the Common Era. And one of the things I do in my book is I trace the whole story of how that happened, which uh, we probably won't get to tonight, maybe maybe in our next show. But... um, the 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 idea of wisdom and the Holy Spirit are basically one and the same. I I can't stress that enough. So Ets Chaim, the Tree of Life, and that presence was in the garden. And uh, like if you you read some of the Second Temple period people, Philo, for example, they talked about he talked about, for instance, the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day, and that in those in those spheres in the cloud in the fire was the presence of God and that presence was associated with wisdom again when you build a house you need to fill it with people and so the house was filled with the presence of God so in essence the presence of God the Holy Spirit and wisdom are really kind of synonymous terms if you will so wisdom um, it's significant because wisdom associated with the tree of life associated with the Torah. So you read the book of Proverbs and it is filled with language of how to live your life. (laughs) It is filled with Torah principles and that is ultimately what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is essentially wisdom operating through what we have in concrete language the Torah. And that it's really that simple. Now we've taken this the essence of wisdom and we've turned it into, you know, weird ethereal feelings and emotions and somehow I'm being led and guided. And and we do know that you know the, the word is the basis for it, but how you operate in wisdom is through is through the Torah, through the principles of the Torah
0: which is really the commentary that the gospel is addressing and somehow to separate the two. We seem to be separating all on our own and kind of screwing everything up. But <clears throat> this whole concept and what happened to me uh right after the can cancer surgery. You know, I like how uh, Bill Scott and I want to go here for a moment. Or Brad Scott always says if you give a child a piece of paper, the first thing he's going to draw is a house. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, if we look at this in a, in a more practical term and taking it out of biblical speak, if a man marries a woman and then he buys her a home home, and that whole thing happens, the very first thing that happens is the woman turns that house into a home. It's just a practical, fluid momentum of how things are done. And, you know, the concept of women are to bake cookies and all that stuff, that's not what I'm implying here, nor am I implying that. You are to be the baby makers, and that's your only function. I'm simply saying that once you bring the woman into the home, then she turns the house into a living place, into a dwelling place, and it's just a natural order of things. You can't, you can't disconnect that from, from what we're talking about, because that's exactly what happens. The wife says, I want this over here because it makes more sense, and I want that over there because it makes more sense, and I want this room for that child. And and so pretty soon you have a home, but it's because of the wisdom of the wife that brings this old thing together. I really believe that, and I had an experience where six years ago, when I had the cancer surgery, I had an encounter with the father, and what he showed me, Was It was the genesis of the book that I have not finished or published, and there's a long story behind that. I won't get into that now. But what he showed me was the reason all of this works is not because of what was made, but because of the wisdom and how it was to function. And that was directly tied to women, and we don't have enough time for me to talk about that. But it was like if you take a remote control, and I've said this many, many times, you put two batteries in it. If you put the first battery in it, it doesn't work, but its purpose is to help things work. You put the second battery in the the remote control, everything that that thing is designed to do now works. And that's what the Father showed me about women. They are what make all of what he's done work in conjunction to the man who builds the house. And now the woman makes it work and that's what the ruach or the holy spirit is in the presence of god is really all about making life work
1: yeah the functionality making you know making things function as they're supposed to um i just i wanted to mention too cuz uh, another word that kind of gets thrown around that or shkina, which just means indwelling presence Yep. and so the the second temple period writers would and this really going into uh the first well probably third century too up to that point that the shkinah became the essence of who this the, the spirit was the presence of god uh functioning within the within the context of his house that's really the key um and so we see that you know the house uh as the in the creation week it, everything is described in, in architectural terms, so wisdom is associated with building in, in terms of architecture. And uh, I don't have time to go into all of the different artistry, etc., artistry, etc. Et cetera, et cetera. But anyways, um, we contrast that. See, because it is wisdom is a concrete thing based on Torah principles, and it's why the book of Proverbs is so important. If you want to have a great house, <laughs> if you want to run your family the way it's supposed to, apply the principles that are in the book of Proverbs. So the opposite of wisdom that we see in the book of Proverbs is folly. So, and folly is described as the harlot, which is how Israel is described when she goes and worships other gods. So we have the essence of this woman, wisdom and then the con- the contrast with folly or the harlot. And I would suggest uh, the, the harlot really, the opposite of wisdom, maybe not the opposite, but wisdom is identified with truth. So the opposite of truth, of course, is lies. And if you study some of the um, ones like the uh, for the Russian Revolution under Stalin and the, the communism, where we are today in our own country, and it is around the world, but this idea of political correctness, language that tells lies, that's essentially what it is. Bingo. So there are only two camps here. You know, there's the kingdom of heaven governed by wisdom, by the Torah, by the principles of the Torah that bring life. Or there's the the other kingdom, which everything can be lumped in, which the essence of that kingdom is lies and destruction. It brings death. Like those are the only two places that you can be, right. you right. know. And so when when we see this this political correctness take hold everywhere and that violates the language and destroys the meaning of words, uh, this is this is actually communist in its its orientation. And so. One of the things I encourage people, it's a bit off topic, is that we we go back to calling things by their name and what they are, the function that they have. Because when we fall into the trap, we end up being, you know, part of it. And, I mean, there's a myriad of words that have now changed, but I try my level best to use them as they once were. Because the farther we move from this, you know, the farther we are from the kingdom. Everything needs to you know, take us back to walking according to the statutes of the kingdom of heaven. And well, you'll find that is in wisdom in the Torah and the book of Proverbs perfectly encapsulates that.
0: Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. And it doesn't matter what your subject matter is. There's an option in either one. And if you don't understand the biblical options and the things that God set them to protect life, to protect us, if you don't understand that, then it's Chances are it's because we're doing the wrong things. I'm going to tell a story before we end. You know, yeah, go
1: ahead. Go ahead and tell.
0: When I was about 10 years old, I went to a uh, – a friend of mine invited me to a church, and the church was a black church uh, um, in Rochester, New York. And I had never really been to a church per se, so I went. And this was uh, – some of you who listen uh, in my hometown, this was over by the farmer's market. That's what I remember, a Bay Street. But anyway, I was in that church, and this really heavy black woman, uh, I'm a 10-year-old kid, she caught the, quote-unquote, Holy Ghost. Now, all of a sudden, this woman stood up, and she started flailing her arms, and she started losing it. And then pretty soon, the pew that she was sitting in uh, it was on the ground. She knocked the whole pew over, and she was almost like she was having a spasm, okay? or a seizure or something and in the process of doing this she kicked this elderly woman in the head and cut her forehead now there's blood all over the place and there's people trying to right the bench and there's other people that are saying oh Lord Jesus oh Lord Jesus and they're just praising this momentous thing that was happening I'm a 10 year old kid I see people picking themselves up off the ground a woman with her head bleeding and I went if this is the Holy Spirit I don't want none of this never went back to that church again. And the reason why I point that out is because that concept of the Holy Spirit, of the Ruach, is, it's not preeminent in any of the material that I've been reading. That didn't happen six millennia ago. It didn't happen two millennia ago. It only happened in the last 200 years, 300 years. And I just want to – what we're trying to do is get back to the beginning, get back to the root of what we're trying to learn here, returning to Eden. And those those things that I saw as a ten year old child, to me, if that's the way the Holy Spirit operates, I didn't want nothing to do with it. And I remember thinking that as a child, I didn't want no. I saw people get hurt. When we left to leave, there was an ambulance taking this old lady to the hospital. I went, okay, I don't want nothing to do with God if it's violent. And that's what we have accepted. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and so once again, I mean, it's really proverbs is key proverbs was basically uh the words of Bathsheba Bathsheba the wife of the king David and the mother of king Solomon was the wisdom that came to give to, to impart to her son the king in order for him to rule the kingdom and i'm just going to kind of close out here uh, j- just i'm going to read a little bit from the book Because I talked about the spirit being compared to a mother bird who builds her house or temple, same concept. But a mother teaches, she trains, she instructs, guides, nurtures, comforts, and protects her children. And she passes the customs and family traditions to succeeding generations. She molds and shapes character so her children will produce good fruit. She equips her children with knowledge and wisdom and understanding so they are filled with every good thing. She discerns and judges fairly. She preserves the integrity of her house. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be filled with wisdom. And so, this language of being filled with wisdom is very much temple dedication language. Interesting uh, in the Book of Proverbs, I can forget which chapter it is, but everybody knows this: train up a child in the way he or right. she should go when they're all. But that word "train" is wrong it should, it, it's chanach, it means dedicate, and it's actually a picture of the priest dedicating a child to be a priest, and when he is old he will not depart from it. So um, this is Holy Spirit language. To blaspheme the spirit is to reject wisdom, the mother. To be immersed in the spirit is to be filled with wisdom, once again, to be, uh, to be filled with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Um, in order for us to build our homes, our communities, and our nation. And so a house is built when its members follow the commandments and principles that are laid out in the Bible. That is essentially who the Spirit is, and it's personified as a woman, perfectly in, of course, Proverbs 31.
0: And the entirety of our whole discussion is all of these things were put in place in order to protect the seed, as you would say, Dina, in order to protect life. And we see through political correctness and all of the things that, I don't even want to mention them, they're designed to do one thing, destroy life. And that's what we're fighting. So if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's because you're administering your priestly responsibility in covenant with the king to do what he asked us to do.
1: Amen. That's all I have
0: for you. Yeah, I and obviously
1: this is a huge topic and uh Jeff and I'll be gone next week but we'll prob I think we'll probably have yeah. one more show I agree. just because there's some other things we want to talk about but I didn't want to go there until we laid this foundation which is essential. So, well, we hope you've enjoyed the show and and you know, it's all about paradigm shift folks. Um, you know, we got to get back to what the scriptures are really saying and and uh we're we're trying to uh, show you the patterns and to try to get out of the sort of emotional realm of the the feely touchy feely thing and see you know exactly who the spirit is. So, uh, on that note, I'm going to say goodbye and we will see you, hear you, talk to you in two weeks. And thanks for joining us. Shalom.
0: God bless you guys. Bye-bye. Bye
1: bye. Bye.